Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast, the early Christmas edition. So you'll get this on uh, Christmas Eve, not New Year's Eve. Uh, So you won't have to spend time with the family or listen to this on repeat. Um, But today I'm joined by 40. Happy early Merry Christmas, everybody. And, oh, sorry, my recording just fucked itself. That's okay. (laughs) Um, And by uh, Ham. Some uh, Christmas fireworks for you. I thought that was, it, it was a bit like Ali G going on there. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make the be the world's world's best mumble rapping podcast. I was hoping. Um, actually, you know, he said stay away from the family. Show the family the podcast. That's right. That's the, you know, we'll please. give you some time now. Bring out, take the phone into the whatever you whatever your listening device may be. Take it out into the lounge room, put on Bluetooth speaker, and let the whole family enjoy uh, my Christmas fireworks. Uh, all right, and Bertie might hop along um, at some point, depending on if he can remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into it. We'll start off with the acquisitions and the losses um, over the extended break. So, Ryan Madison, the big one, go, uh, jump into it, boys. <laughs> yeah, the big one, for sure. <laughs> Arms, like. Pythons. He is in terrific shape. Is old Ryan Madison. He um, I've I've heard some um some of his philosophy towards um personal like training and, and his own health management. He he takes it very seriously. Um, so it's not not surprising that he looks as a uh, prime specimen as he does in all the training galleries. Uh, obviously a huge acquisition. I don't know where we were for the last podcast as far as the the signing rumors, but uh, it was it was. I- I think there was talk that we're going to sign a second row, but there was. And so we sort of looked at the possibilities. Mm. So they, they covered um, uh, Tyson Frizzell, David Fafita, uh, yeah. Crichton from, um, South, I'm about to say, Souths from the Roosters. Uh, so, and then Madison, obviously, as well. So, yeah, I think we played our hand really well during that entire process. Um, once again, we've, you know, we've, we've found a way to lean on probably one of the, the weaker clubs as far as um, their stance on holding players. Uh, and. Given some of the figures that were discussed post-signing, it would probably add credence to the idea that Madison just wasn't happy at the club, and it wasn't as much about the payday as um as you know in the sort of he said they said or he said she said uh, sort of stakes. But yeah, very happy for his acquisition. From everything I've you know I've heard between um, 60s trading reports and whatnot, he's um absolutely killing it at the preseason at Parramatta. So really looking forward to what he can do for us next year. And then from the other para podcast, um, you know, it doesn't reach the echelons of here, uh, but the club's own one. There's a chat about RCG uh, being a good acquisition so far. Forgot about him, to be honest with you, <laughs> even though I'm looking at a team list right now. Um, yeah, I, if he can recapture that 2017 form before those um, broken jaws, yeah, you know, he was state of origin Australian level. So I think... Um, we defensively in the middle last year, we lacked a lot. I'm not sure if that was um, philosophy towards wrestling or, you know, just size. But you look at the size of our pack now. Um, well, Nathan Brown was always the smallest one. But after him, you know, height-wise, I think maybe Junior Paulo is the shortest of the lot. And he's nearly six foot two. So height-wise, we're going well. And sustained impact off the bench because you think... 
Campbell Gillard there, but he's a 40, 50 minute player. Paulo's a 50, 60 minute player. Evans, um, 30, 40 minutes. So um, that middle should be really tight next year. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to sort of quantify where he's at, but he seems to be fitting quite well in the group dynamics. I've seen a few players mention him via social media or in official channels as to how he's, you know, had a good impact for the team and sort of slotted right in and is a bit of a pest in a good way. Uh, so that, you know, it's funny because um, he's had a few tense moments with some of the Parramatta players in recent times. Um, I know he, he and Reid really got stuck into each other in round one of um, the 2019 season. Uh, but <clears throat> obviously, as Ham mentioned, you know, you're looking for him to shore up that middle role off the bench. I mean, maybe even earn his way into the starting role, but... We've already already made mention this year in the podcast of how important the bench roles are and how clubs you know can tend to undervalue them. So it'd be nice if he can really lock down that second rotation. And yeah, aside from that, it's it's going to be hard to gauge because he came in carrying an injury, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? He had he was a bit banged up from his um final weeks at the Panthers. So he's been. I thought he was okay because he played the last couple of weeks and actually hit a bit of form. Um, elbow. Clean out. There you go. Yeah, the elbow clean out. Yeah, I thought there was something. It's, it's definitely not on a scale like Wanga Blake, who had that shoulder uh, injury, but uh, he, he came in just a little bit um, banged up. But he, he looks to be fitting in nicely. And yeah, just hopefully with uh, the new direction that the club's gone in with the strength and conditioning, they can really tune up this forward pack and make him a, a big, mean, and mobile bunch. All right. Other acquisitions, Oregon Kafusi re-signing, and uh, of course, Dill Brown uh, locking in for... When's that till the end of the 2023 season, I want to say, or is it 2022? It's a three, three-year extension on top of the deal he's got for next year. Is that right? Yeah, 2023. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we averaged it out. It was only, whilst the figures thrown around were like 800 grand a year, but I think when you did your maths 40, it was a little bit less than that. Yeah, so the the way people think about it conventionally in the NRL is he just signed for his three-year $1.9 or $2 million deal, whatever it was. So he'd be on, you know, uh, roughly 633000 per year for that uh, portion of the deal. But the way you should be thinking about it from a cap sense is that uh, his like, prorated deal now is four years, $2.1 because he's on the ba- like on a bare minimum contract for next year. So he's actually on close to the $500,000 per season, which is very good. Right? Assuming that he performs as we think he will, it's a very good rate for the club. Well, that's the thing. Even if he, play, you know, even if he doesn't progress, any five hundred thousand for someone that's a half back or a half, I should say, not a defensive liability. Like, well, he's the, he's the opposite, isn't he? He is absolute. Yeah. He's absolute standout defensively as a half, and so like even that as a, a base frame, you know, you you get a lot of value out of that. On top of the fact that he's a dynamic runner of the ball and can pass and kick as good as anyone. So, and you know, given that the club is looking to facilitate his growth as much as possible, and and having brought in the eight for mortal. You know, really excited to see what he and Moses can do um, as a combination on top of what Johns can also bring to the um, other elements of the spine in Reed and Guffer. Yeah, and just to touch on that, uh, Andrew Johns in the coaching department, I understand, is is he actually in the coaching role or is it more of like a, you know, sort of a I think it's, out it's for like a, a day week? Yeah, it's like a consultancy role, but like, I don't know if it's an exclusive consultancy role, if there's like some sort of stipulation there, but... I think, I think it comes down twice a week. Yeah, he's, he's doing multiple that. sessions a week, I'm fairly certain. So uh, obviously the club is, like I said, very serious about facilitating that growth for their young spine. And then there were a couple of re-signings. I don't have them all in front of me, but I know Andrew Davey, 
Um, he's upgraded, and then some further acquisitions, uh, more as sort of a backup role in um, Brock Lamb from the Roosters and previously nights before that. So I think that's a very good, you know, as far as a development signing can go. Yeah, what what an uh, interesting contract the the two year deal, yeah. top top thirty in the second year if he proves it. Um, development this year, so the club has just got nothing but upside from this deal. So very, I astute. think that's a very astute signing. You know, you got. Um, in, you know, a tiny bit of first grade experience um, was obviously. He carved us up in 2017 on. during our great run. He um yeah. he won, yeah. won won that game almost single handedly against A and Z. Yeah, and you know, and so I, I'm wondering if what what came first, Brock Lamb or Andrew John signing? Because you know, if we signed John's first, Lamb might have gone. Well, I want to work with someone from the Hunter, and you know, who else to work with there, which could have helped massively in our favour. Um, nutting out that deal. So, yeah, I, you know, and we, you, we'll probably talk about it a bit later, but we lost a couple of young halves coming through from Jersey Flag. So, um, Lamb's only 22 next year, 23. He is still very young, yeah. He, um, so, you know, we've still got a young spine there. Gutho's the oldest one at 26. And so. the, most, the most important part now is that the Parramatta Reggies in their inception year will be fielding the surf, turf and gravy in the spines. With, um, <laughs> Brock Lamb, Jamin Salmon, and um, Reese Davies. Reese uh, Gravies. Yeah, Reese Gravies, baby. It's yeah. all gravy, baby. Although it could change up. Um, there, there may be potential for, for Salmon to play in the centres, um, but we'll have to see how that rolls out further through uh, the preseason. Yeah, uh, between centre and that bench utility spot, I think there'll be some fierce competition. Right. And then to the, the big loss, um, or at least we, we believe it will be in the long run, uh, Stefano Otoikumano. Uh, signed a deal with the West Tigers uh, to commence in 2021. Uh, the Eels opting not to give him an early release, saying he'll be a vital part, well, not a vital part, but a, a part in this year's season potentially. So, why without anything in return? Uh, that's their own dumb fault if they wanted to give us yeah, uh, Madison ab- without. Absolutely. And that, that that is a stance that really frustrates me from other clubs. It's like if he's contracted, he's contracted. If you want to release him, that's your prerogative. But you know, the Parramatta Eels are looking to make a serious tilt at the 2020 title, and they've got a you know a very good young prop that could be a serious part of that top 30. Like, he may not be a, a foundational piece, but he could be a useful guy down the stretch when injuries start to mount up. So why would you release him without getting compensation? I, you know, there's a bit of a difference. Stefano, from what I've seen and from what I've um, heard about him, he's not, you know, a, a bad influence at training. You know, as much as I, I, I do want Madison here, he was obviously going to be not not necessarily a bad influence. But the position was and close to untenable between him tenable. and Maguire. Exactly. Whereas Stefano is, you know, he's obviously wanting to get out of his contract, which I can understand because he walks into that Tigers 17 and it, first and foremost, he's got to think about himself. Um, but also, we don't have to. And why would we? Because... You know, injuries and suspensions always occur and, you know, potential representative ones. So, um, yeah, there's no reason for us to get rid of him, especially because he's doing um, everything um, right by us um, in terms of training. So I don't see why we have to. And um, you guys, when we were in the Discord, had um, some things to say about the recruitment retention of especially our juniors with a lot of the uh, under-18s and whatever else filtering filtering their way to other clubs. Uh, did you want to expand on that? Yeah, the 
this off-season, there was a very significant uh, churn of the FLEG and SG Ball graduate talent uh, to predominantly the West Tigers and the Bulldogs, although there were a couple other clubs that got in for the odd player. So it looked like the, it was, a, for personally, it, it was a surprise for me because with the club forming their own Canterbury Cup roster, as, as mentioned before, the inception year in 2020, I would have thought that I would have leaned heavily on those graduating uh, flag talent to get there, but obviously they went to a different direction. So it's interesting. Um, I can understand some of the decisions because, especially with the young playmakers that Ham was alluding to earlier, they're buried behind it, like the youngest and most probably you know talented to the youth relationship uh, spine in the NRL. And on top of that, you've got other guys like Brock Lamb and Jamin Salmon that can't even get a look in to the starting gig in those positions. So you can see why the likes of Joe Tapari and Tyler Field went to um, uh, Western Sydney rivals. But yeah, some of, some of the talent bled is a little bit frustrating, but obviously the big loss was a Stefano Toikamano. So I, I can live with most of those losses, uh, especially because I think this year's 18s uh, is a pretty good crop, the senior talent there. So they're probably looking towards that and then the likes of Sam Hughes and Davis, uh, Davis David Hollis um, as their sort of blue chip guys. I don't know if Ham has a different view on that. Um, no, you know, every day. You know, because I think about this sort of stuff, especially because I work, the job I work in, I'm by myself all the time. So I've got all this time to um, think up all these different things and every day i switch like i look at it and our top 17 hasn't been this good uh since 2006 2007 um i I predict that we'll make back-to-back finals for the first time since 2006 2007 um you know young spine so i can see the pros of that but also following these guys um from Harold Matz, you got a better sentimentality, so I try and take that out of it. But you look at it, and it's like a a few years we've lost in progression, and this is where you know take away the development club aspect of it. Being able to have the strong seventeen that we do, um, you know, and even stretching back to our top twenty players, it was it's a strong squad. But the reason is because. That is because we have our Ethan Parry, we have our Hayes Dunster who have come up through the system, and they're a lot cheaper. The longevity and, of the NRL success will be predicated on these young guys. Yes, I agree. So yeah, and you want to get it right. Yeah, and so you round the 30 out with those guys. You know what they're capable of because you've been watching, you, you've been, you know, I, didn't, I was going to say grooming, but you're not grooming a 15 year old, <laughs> um, cultivating. Phrasing. You're cultivating a. <laughs> from 15 years old you know what their work ethics like you know how they play so you're 25 to 30 are filled with those guys who are on you know absolute minimum wage and then you can spend more on those those top tier guys and eventually your 25 to 30 will hopefully move into that top 20 and then you replace them with your jersey flag players coming through it's sort of what like we've lost two to three years of that currently. That's just from what I see at the moment. You know, we could, you know, and I wouldn't put it past Anthony Field to go on a bit of a spending spree to make sure that we don't lose that two to three years of um, squad progression. All right. Um, then <laughs> I'm, I'm glad just someone gonna... agrees. Yeah, someone's <laughs> Sorry, just, cheering in the, in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just the other re-signing, Michael Jennings for two years. Mm-hmm. Um 
And I think we all think that's positive. The Cook Island Control Tower as well was back. Was he yeah, back? Yeah, attackers too. I was trying to think. Is there anyone else? And then obviously it's been suggested that uh, Sean Lane and Reed Marnie are close to inking new deals as well. Although Sean Lane, I'm surprised because I thought we signed him for three years initially. NRL.com reported it that way. So maybe the last year was a player option. Yeah, quite possibly. In this, uh, yeah, just lock him up, given that he's um had a fantastic 2019. All right. And let's jump on to the next little bit of news. Uh, first, we'll go to the extended Blues squad. Uh, so five Eels named there with King Gutho, Mitch Moses. Um, who else have we got in there? Sean Lane. Blake Ferguson, Ryan Madison, and Nathan Brown. There we are. No Sean Lane, sorry. Robbed. No Sean, yes. Sorry. Robbed. And no Junior Paulo, which was surprising. Yeah, though we're not sure if his Simone eligibility has thrown him out because that stuff always confuses me because I, I, I thought he'd be eligible based on some of the other stuff, but maybe he isn't, but then maybe he just got overlooked. And then in the Queensland squad, you've got Reid Marnie, who's been named in that extended squad, you'd hope. Um, he could probably crack it this year, but with Queensland, they seem to love playing Ben Hunt at nine for some unknown reason. Yeah, it's weird. Um, then the next little bit will be the NRL Perth Nines draw, um, which is just bizarre. Weird. Weird. I, I don't know why they've, <laughs> they've done it that way. Um so do they only play two group games? Is that right? Yeah, yeah two group, two intergroup, yeah. Yeah, so you'd think in 16 teams divided by four is four. Um, I mean, three other teams the, and you comp, you'd pay each of them once. The awkward nines concept worked, right? Like you had the four pools of four, you played the round robin within that group of four and then you progress based on your, your standings there, but nope, got to make it spicy, I suppose. And you'd think you'd play it over Saturday and Sunday as opposed to Friday evening yeah. and Saturday, but... Yeah. yeah. Especially because, you know, there might have been a few people that would have flown over for it. I mean, I might have. It's possible. And then who from Perth is going to go at 4 o'clock in the afternoon to watch rugby league? You know, not, not even an NRL game. It's in the nines. It's just some of the decisions they make are... Mind boggling, boggles the mind. Yeah, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. It works. No, like well. it just and it's the same with some of the rule changes that we got this year, like for this coming season. Oh, like, like, I was hoping we would miss those. But like oh. it, it, it speaks exactly to what you're talking about by trying to reinvent the wheel when the the wagon's just fine. Like uh, no one's ever complained about where a scrum is set. Likewise, who is ever in the, like? Why would you punish a great defensive set? By allowing the capacity of a forty, uh, the opposite of a forty twenty, a twenty forty to happen, like what? Like yeah, you have to change your name and everything. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, I don't want on that. I suppose when I get blackout drunk, I can just you know say my name backwards now on the podcast. And be like, yeah, it's twenty forty. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't get it, and and because there are rules that need to be changed, and you know what? As and and yet, despite all you the, don't need to change the rules. Rugby league is going pretty good. The, exactly, and and the. Good. The one area that's been, content, you know, I say contentious, but like something that the club probably the games need to look at addressing is the concussion issue and the impact it has on the benches. And yet here we go without looking at the 18th man or any sort of other recourse for teams that lose a player early on. And yet we're talking about 2040 scrum positions. And, and you can understand the from the fallout of the grand final, the uh, impact of um, the ball touching non-playing uh, individuals on the field. That one actually makes a bit of sense. But yeah, just... Change for the sake of change is just so useless. Well, I've 
got my conspiracy theory. I've got my tinfoil hat on here. I feel a lot of those changes are to do with more ad time, more ad space, more to do with gambling. And I wonder if it's the new commissioner um, sort of having his hand in both the horse racing NRL, what are the, you know, two of the biggest gambling. As an um, avid NFL fan, I can absolutely tell you the impact of TV times and what they can do to games and mandated TV timeouts and whatnot for the NFL. So, yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe there's a more than a speck of truth in what you're saying there. Uh, the last bit of news will be uh, the Eels trial against Penrith uh, in Penrith. And we're expecting three grades in action on that day, I, I want to say. I believe so. Yeah. Knock on wood, yes. It'll be yeah. 3 p.m. Jersey flag, 5 p.m. reserve grade, 7 p.m. Uh, first grade. And it'll be on the 29th of February. So how's that? Because it's a leap year. Lethal leap year. And yes, more details, including, well, we just read off kickoff time, so I hope they're right. Uh, <laughs> I hope they're right. <laughs> and possible live stream links will be communicated early in the next and, year. Uh, so hopefully out there. The, the fallout from that game isn't as severe as it was in 2019. We um, took a bit of damage in that game last, um, this season with Manu, we, Manu, Stefano. Uh, and was there one other? I think someone else got banged up, but it wasn't like serious. But uh, we lost Manu for like a good six or seven weeks, yeah. and Stefano for about half the season. Yeah, so fingers crossed always for no injuries, and that as well goes to the NRL nines and the wider preseason. Um, but other than that, um, did did you do we want to just roll through the team and see if we can come up with our suggested seventeen well oh, before they get into the hard stuff, or is there something else you guys center want to of excellence? Oh yeah, oh yeah, the, yeah Lake, the club, excellent. the club is transitioned. I just want to say how good it looks. <laughs> I drove past it um, yesterday on my way to Hornsby, and um, you know there's still some work to be done um, on other paddocks. And oh, there's a lot, there's a lot of work to be done because they're going to be like relocating the entire football operations there, and then on top of building the other fields for training of the other teams and uh, game day for the lower grades. But as a like a start, it's pretty impressive compared to where they came from with the old sales yards. Yeah, at least they were all in the same dressing well, room now. Well, if you've caught the players on social media, they've been loving the um the new change rooms where they can sort of dance and goof around in the middle um, <laughs> all together because before, if you didn't know, prior to that at the odd sales yards, they couldn't fit the entire squad in the one change rooms. So they actually had them split across different sides of the field, which was a real mess that way. And so this is a, a much better uh, set of digs for the uh, the not just the top 30, but the expanded roster. And I, Yeah, and hopefully yeah, no I more bloody... Oh, the, I was, I was just going to say, no more boils, no, no more, more uh, you know, biblical plagues. <laughs> but yeah, I, it, you know, I, I, outside of probably um, the new Paramount Stadium, this could probably be a big changeover, like, um, you know, from Richie Benno Oval that we were training on in 2014 to all of a sudden having, you know, Richie Benno Oval wasn't even a full-size um, NRL field. I think it was only 60 metres or something like that. So from going from that to uh, I think it's five fields, we're having um, change rooms, weights. Um, there was an interview with Brendan Inkster where they've got a like Pilates and yoga room and all that, a thousand-seat grandstand in the space of five years. You know, this, this will be, you know, hopefully pretty good for the club in terms of um, training current talent and then also... Um, recruitment and retention of talent. 
All right. Well, I think that'll just about wrap that up. Do we just want to go through what our suggested starting 17 will look like, um, noting it's very early and um, a couple of these players will be coming back from injury, um, especially including Walker Blake. Um, so for me, round one? Yeah, round one. Round one. Round one. All right. So I'll get us kicked off uh, at fullback Gutherson on the wings, Fergo and Sivo in the centres, Jennings and uh, Walker Blake. If Walker Blake's injured, um, they'll probably play Tacker there I'd say, I think, yeah, before they would play. Um, It'll be a competition, uh, but I'd say the Cook Island control tower probably gets a nod. And then the halves pick themselves, Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses. Starting props is a bit – I've seen that um, suggested a couple of different ways, but I think Kane did enough last season to retain his starting spot with Junior Paulo. Uh, but I have seen some other lists with Regan Campbell-Gillard sitting there. And then Reed Barney picks himself. Uh, the back rowers pretty much pick themselves again. Uh, Ryan Madison and Sean Lane. And then at lock, Nathan Brown. And then the bench gets a bit interesting. Um, I've seen it have Takarangi in there because he can sort of play a, um, your 5 eighth or um, centre if required, but more as a second rower. Um, and then at this late stage, uh, this early stage, sorry, uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard. I've still got the Polar Express there, and then last of all, uh, Birdie's favourite man, Kuna Murata, baby. Kuna Murata. And that's about it at the moment, I think. Um, unless you guys have got something a little bit different. Yeah. Um, oh, you go first. Oh me. yeah. It, the bench spots are very competitive. I think the the one to thirteen for the starting team, as you said, for most of the positions, picks himself. I don't think there's any. I real wouldn't dirt. be so sure about that. It might. Um, I'll leave it to last, but I have a few that might raise a few eyebrows. Oh no! Uh, well, well, assuming everyone's fit, I tend to agree with Hamish in that the one to thirteen picks itself. I'll, I'll wait and with the asterisks there based on what Ham has to throw out. But for the bench, I've, I've got two bench spots sewn up, assuming that everyone's fit for round one. And that's Reagan Campbell Gillard and Murata Niakore. And after that, it just it's a shootout for me. Uh, I think that. The two players you mentioned probably have the inside running between Brad Takarangi and Daniel Alvaro, uh, but I think that Ray Stone will probably be a smoky for a, a bench utility role. And the other player that I think will probably put his name very close to round one selection is Oregon Kafusi. I think the the club signaled their, their intent in their re-signing of him, and uh, from everything I've heard, he's had a pretty strong start to the preseason, and hopefully we can carry that through into the new year. Um, I'm just trying to think of anyone I'm missing that would be a like a red hot crack at the, the top 17 because we've got we've got a nice amount of depth, but it's just the guys that are you know when everyone's fit who who gets in there, and I think that is probably among the players I I listed. Oh, and the other white player that I think will probably um not start the round one but might end up making a a, a few heads turn as far as moving up the depth charts could be Andrew Davy. Um, he uh, had a, a sneaky good pre uh, preseason sneaky good season at Wenty this year. Um, and end up get, taking away one of the um, the either the coaches or players gongs for player of the year in that grade, and uh, I think that he's another player that's come back pretty fired up uh, for the preseason. Yeah, I think there's been talk that he wants to try crack our first grade spot at least some point uh, during the year. Um, and David Gower, he usually slips his way into the team. That's another one we missed, David Gower. Yeah, another another resigning, and that gives him the uh, the the likely chance of racking up his ton at the Eels which would be a nice little moment for a guy that was a genuine NRL journeyman for a long part of his career. Pam, what's your um, your wild card predictions when it comes to the team list? Um, so if you asked me 12 hours ago, I would have agreed with you in the in the starting 13, but after reading a <laughs> mind-expanding Fox Sports article. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a learned scholar now. 
Yeah. I have I have seen the light, and we do need a more explosive fullback, someone with a bit of speed. That's why I'm going Will Smith at fullback. <laughs> he's, uh, I mean, he's right. This is, comes with the the Fox Sports. Is it Fox Sports? Yep. Fox Sports um, seal approval. Yeah. Um. So a bit more, a bit more. Um. What do they call it? What did, oh, I can't remember what the word he said. So on the wings, uh, Clinton Gutherson and Wanga Blake. And we also need to improve our centers too. So this, this is where it's <laughs> yes, all Yes, that's why to. I've moved Wanga Blake yeah. out to the wing. Um, centers, you know, they've got to compete with the top four um, centers like Matt Ikevalu, um, Jared Croker. Um, <laughs> geez, who are some of the other top top line centers? Joey Leilua, who doesn't even have a club. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, you got to, got to, fuck me, what an article. But yeah, honestly, um, serious now. Top 13, I think, picks itself. I agree that um, Evans did more than enough to um, earn and keep his starting role. Um, that could be in jeopardy, and I hope it is because. You want the, the fires of competition, um, Stoke, don't you? You want those guys pushing each other every week. Yeah. Um, it's just a bench. At the moment, I'd have, I'm going for a, a big bench. I'm going. Ray Stone, Raymond Stone, um, Oregon Kafusi, Maratane Akore, and Regan Campbell Gillard. Too easy. How good is All it right. having the, um, the the top roster just like that stable, but also with like a lot of intriguing upside based on what we saw this year? It's a well. The thing that I like about it is yes, we have kept a lot of our guys, and it's because they are young, in particular our spine. But we've also brought in fresh guys, so it's not like. We're running the same, you know. Even we might, we'll definitely be running the same shapes because every team, every club runs the exact same shape. We've got different guys hitting different things, you know. They run different lines. They play a different way, so it's still a little, little bit in like, still get a bit of doubt into opposition teams, which um, I think you need. You need that turnover year after year, just because if you run out with sixteen of the seventeen same players. Yeah, stagnation you know, is an issue. You you do want a little bit of roster churn year to year. I think you're right. It's a and so you know, Wanga Blake, even though he's injured, he'll this is his first preseason. He didn't get a preseason. He was going pretty well. Um, Maddo coming in, gonna have a full preseason with the with the squad. Um, Regan Campbell Gillard obviously um, had his elbow injury, but he's he'll be there for the whole time. And then just bringing young guys in like Ray Stone. Um, I think Stoney's. You know, pretty pretty simple in terms of his style of play, but it's a very, uh, I think it's a style that we need um, just to in- sustain that intensity off the bench. Uh, confrontational uh, is the way I probably had to describe old Raymond yes, Stone. Yes, definitely confrontational. <laughs> and I like Kafusi. I really do. I think um, uh, I, I like the way he runs a smart line, but you can use that in the middle there. Is that Bertie or heard? Murata. The infamous Alberto. Hello. Yes, he is here. I was just saying, uh, I got caught up with something. So it's all right. Okay, rapid, rapid fire What's hits. Top seventeen. Top, yeah, 17 top, right top, now. top seventeen. Top seventeen right now. All right. Okay. Gufferson. Gufferson Blake. Okay. Gufferson Blake. Uh, so Blake Ferguson, Mekasivo, Mustenas, uh, Wonga Blake, Michael Jenko, Harv, Moses Brown. Starting props are uh, Kane Evans and. Junior Paulo, Hooker, Good Marnie, boy. back rower, Maddo, and um, it's not Murata. <laughs> He's very Maddo tall. He's very tall. You can tall. have Murata if you want. No, no, no. Murata, I think he, he, going forward, he could be um, 
um, another another middle forward coming off the bench. Who's the other guy? That, Very tall. Probably could have had a career in basketball. Oh, Sean Lane, yeah, Sean Lane. You know, white line fever. Um, uh, Locke will be uh, Nathan Brown, and on the bench, Murata, uh Oregon Kafusi, Regan Campbell, Gillard, and then probably like Alvaro if he's not bad. Not bad. That that was pretty quick, pretty rapid fire um, effort there. I like it. I'm, pre- I'm pretty. Like, the only ones that I'm not certain on is um obviously Alvaro. Okay, the ones that I'm not sold on who's not can't can't, can't count. Sorry, can't count themselves like guaranteed. Uh, Alvaro. Um, in the sands, what do you think? Terapo, Takarangi, Murata, maybe, and Kafushi. But the rest should be a lock. And uh, what are your thoughts on Ryan Madison? Bro, he's a, he's a unit. Have you seen his arm? That's the first thing we said, too. So. Like, on a serious note, like when you when you think football is like, okay, they've got big arms, but they're more endurance, and you think his arms are too big for rugby league, like, what, what purpose? Every, every time I see a picture of him, in the gallery, I go full Johnny Drama from Entourage and go, like, bro, look at the tree trunks on that bloke. Yeah, because, um, like, well, it's not like as if he's putting people in headlocks. Like, what, what do you need a bigger arms for? Like, what purpose do they have? Like, are you talking about, like, because like, it's not fending, because look at Sivo, his arms not that massive. That's what I'm trying to think. He's not bench pressing people out there. So, <laughs> you know, like, it's like overkill if that makes Maybe sense. Maybe he's got to curl players. He's actually just going to physically pick Shut them up. Shut up, just, like, yeah. pick him up and curl them. Just, just bump out a set. Maybe he might Down, be for up, strips, so, yeah. more energy. Uh, anything right. anything well, else from the cover? About, yeah, that's about it. Uh, oh, about oh, wraps up. The Perth Nines, Bertie. You looking forward to them or no? Uh, uh, not to be honest, not really, because um, I'm happy with the I'm happy with the ninth at the end at the end of the season because we're not going to send our best players out there, and it's just no, it's it's just another trial. If anything, I'd rather have the end of the season that way. Um, Players are still in their shape, you know. They're not going to get injured because they're still going through the process of like training. Well, you know, you look at people that players that are not fit; they tend to get injured a lot. So, why are you going to put them in the high-paced um, games? You know, like I think it's a bit, bit, bit of a risk. So, if it's the end of the year, I'm all for it, but not really. Especially now that we're like, you know, we're literally approaching our premiership window. Like, we could legit make a t- uh, title run. I don't want to get our best players injured before. Yeah, not now. Mm-hmm. But don't forget with the nines, I think 2016, the Cowboys won it. No, first year, the Sharks won it. The year later, they won the comp. And then Cowboys won it. The year later, they won the comp. And then the Roosters, I'm going to say the Roosters won it. Roosters the won year later, us, they yeah. won the comp. So well, who's going to play? Like, who are you going to... Like who, out of us starting seventeen, who are you going to send over there? Because that, that's actually an interesting question for like a future pod before it. But yeah, there are some big decisions you have to make based on like whatever like uh, specifications are for to, like you know certain tiers of talent to participate. Who you're going to you know put on the block for potential injury? Um, yeah, because they're too valuable for us. Like. Okay, send Takarangi there. Send yeah, I, I, exactly. All those guys like that you can throw to the nines. I like Takering in the nines. Yeah, he's actually he very good. Well for the yeah. Cook Islands. Yeah, he was great for the Cook Islands in the World Nines. Like, 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 I'm not. Don't want to sound mean, but if he gets injured, we're not like, oh fuck. That's right. As a, as like, opposed to a Ryan Madison getting injured, which would be a oh, huge setback. Yeah. Sivo last year before he, but now Sivo, like we need him in tweak. Like you think of based off the World Nines and and taking out of consideration injuries to say if we're taking a tilt at trying to win the nines you'd have halves of mitch moses dylan brown you'd have gutho you'd have nathan brown 
Um, Sivo didn't play that well, but that's because that whole Fiji team was shit. Um, and he also, <laughs> their, their game he plan was bloody, let, um, let Kikau run the ball. Yeah, exactly. Um, Takarangi would be one. Pretty much all the Eels players that played at the the World Nines. Oh, if we fielded a full-strength Nines team, I think we'd be favourites. I, You know, with the Nines, I think Australia showed the way to play it is you need as many spine players as you possibly can. So, you know, even sending over Will Smith, Brock Lamb, um, Reese Davies, they can attract defenders, but they've also got that pass in them. So you only need a couple of other players outside of that. So it just all depends, you know, do we risk Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown and Clinton Gutherson and Reed Marnie there? Um, now you might even send two two or three of them. But then you've got guys like Tacker, Nathan Brown, Gower, uh, Brock Lamb, Will Smith, that have all, all Jamin Salmon. You know, I think he'd go really well in the, in the nine style, um, just his size, speed. And he's got that ball-playing ability, I think. Throwing the ball around a little bit gets you more one-on-one opportunities. You do really well with more um, ball-playing base players rather than running base players. And um, just as a last thing before we wrap up on the Eels news, Legends of League, when do you lift the, sh- the trophy? How good was that? Oh, fantastic. I, they, you just know that they're going to take the piss out of him on the Matty John show next year for it. But it was great to see the Parramatta squad get together and put on a pretty um pretty entertaining days of um day of um games. So Yeah, especially the Bulldogs have had a, a run of the, the comp. I think they won the first two. So nice to have it a change up after we was it in the like the last minute or two. I wanna say that we beat them. Yeah. Um, but in any event, yeah, great turnout from from the old boys in that one. And I thought a lot of it went to charity, didn't it? I believe yeah, I think so. It all goes to um, because uh it's based around the um, Men of League Foundation, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, which which supports um, yeah. um, former players and whatnot. Yeah, but I have to say it was a lot better done this year. It was uh, cast on KO this year, which was a lot better than in previous years. I think you had to have the Facebook stream or whatever it was. Um, so a lot better set up for, for people that were tuning in from home. Um, but let's get off that because we want to hear from Birdie and his Cowboys after today's game. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh. I actually wanted to lose to be honest because I don't want to legit. We're not. I don't want to be making the numbers. I want to dominate, and we don't got the team. Our coach, sorry, our coaching is letting us down, and I just they're a bunch of they're frauds. Like you know, tank saying it's not my job. It's not my job to help you with the salary cap. Well, do do your job and start getting after the QB. Yeah, like it's just players game. It's like it reminds me of Chris in Inu days. Gets paid, does sweeter, you know, sweet fuck all. Like just. It's frustrating because the coaching is handicapping us, and I'd rather lose now. Because if we'd won the division record, we'd have like a twenty-fourth pick, I believe. But now that we're not, we're not going to make it. I don't think we'll make. I it. I mean, if you beat, if you if you win next week, you still make it. I think. But see, I'd rather lose and not make it. Yeah. Fifteenth. No, that they need. They also need the Giants to beat um, the uh, the. Yes, Eagles. They, they've split. Yeah. They've split the um, the the time series with the Eagles. So do the Eagles have a better uh, division? No, because the Eagles have got one win up on them now. So if the Eagles ah, win, they're automatically okay. in. Yeah. But if the Cowboys win and the Eagles lose, they'll both be on eight and eight. But the Cowboys go. would beat them. See, I'd rather focus on the draft and uh, resigning players because I know even if we make even if we make the playoffs, reverse what Seahawks. Well, it, we're not. I was. I was looking at the damn. We've lost like eleven or twelve starters. So we've we've lost Arby's one, two, and three wide receiver, three tight ends, one and two, 
our left tackle, our center, our defense, our first, our best defensive end, our one of our better defensive tackles, our best cornerback, and our free safety are all like either out for a couple of weeks or out for the season. So we're um we're in the wars at the moment. Yeah, so we win. So if we win the first week, like we're gonna get, we're gonna lose the next week. And so, go, right? go on the go on the road to New Orleans yeah. or uh, San Francisco or something like that. Potentially Packers. Okay, come Potentially on, Packers. Yeah, yeah, Packers. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think the winner of the NFC is gonna come from Packers or um, the Saints. I don't think Niners. I think they're, they're gonna choke. Like Jimmy G. I still. And you forty. Oh shit! Sorry. Um. Uh. So. Yeah, my, I just as I alluded to, my mobs are in, in the wars right now. The Seattle Seahawks so lost to the Cardinals, who are pretty, been pretty good this year, actually. Despite um having a, a weaker roster on paper, they've been uh, with a new QB and a new coach, being pretty exciting. But come on, it it, it wasn't it, it was the Brett Hundley let Cardinals. Oh, Kyle <laughs> Murray put up twenty points before Brett Hundley. Clocked the old gum chewer. It. Yeah, um, Brett, Brett Hundley checked in, but yeah, we just uh, we. We're walking corpses at the moment, and I don't see us getting much better. Given that we've, you know, just had a couple of Chris Carson was ruled out for the season today. Same with Dwayne Brown; he's out for about three or four weeks, which is, you know, Super Bowl or bust essentially. And um, with the amount of guys who got out, it just it's so hard to see him bouncing back from it. Which it, it sucks. But the Seahawks have been great this year in a year that um, the media were labeling them as a rebuilding team. They're, you know, vying or well, right until today were vying for the number one seed in the NFC. So you know, just take take what I can get out of the next week or two. Um, you know, probably get bounced out of the finals in week one or two, and then yeah, build build onto the draft from there. Yeah, I think you guys had like the the biggest win percentage in what one score games or something it was like seven and one, or I want to say seven and two after today. Yeah, they um they've been fiercely competitive the entire season, so you know, lot, a lot to be proud of. But it sucks to see it sort of unravel at the end the way it did, or the way it has with farm injuries. But you know, you can only control what you can control. Who gets MVP? Uh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar, Ru- Russ, Russ is being, if you're arguing for the most value, if in the truest sense of the word, the most valuable, I think Russell Wilson has a very strong case. But uh, Lamar Jackson's been absolutely brilliant in a in a team that is very well-rounded on all facets of the game from um, uh, coaching to offense to defense and special teams. But yeah, I, I wouldn't want to take that away from what he's done. He's been the most uh, outstanding player this year. I think the big question is defensive player, but... Yeah, well, it seems to be Stefan Gilmore. Yeah, the, all Gilmore the executives that were polled anonymously seem to think that Gilmore will get it, which will be one of the few times a defensive back takes it away. Uh, it's been so D line dominated in recent years. Because I'm going rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, and defensive player of the year, Bosa. No, no way, no way does Bosa get defensive player of the year. He slowed, he slowed down way too much in the second half of the season. He'll, I, he'll I, get I rookie just, of the year. Like Gilmore, like if you watched the, the Bills game, he got burnt. Like I just. He, um, off. If, Gil, if Gilmore doesn't get it, they'll just give it to Aaron Donald. Like that's nah, he's been shit this year. That's why. If he gets, if, if okay, if Donald gets it, then it's nothing awarded, reward of reputation. But you know, Gilmore and Bosa are up there, top two. You know, like and uh, Ham Ham dropped out, so I'm not sure yeah. what's up with um the boss there. Oh yeah, no Ham because he's got an early day tomorrow, yeah, so yeah. he's packed off a little bit early. Yeah, so I'm not, um, you're not sure if he can recommend us. He didn't know. He didn't leave us a band recommendation. Shame. No Christmas. No, um, that's all right. Just go listen to Mariah Carey. Yeah, or I, for I wanted one of these top um, ten albums of yeah, the decade. Exactly. Maybe we can get that next time. Yeah. Um, but uh, as a fellow Green Bay Packers fan, <laughs> um, right. playing for pretty much yeah the seed and to wrap up the division title tomorrow. So um, by this time, well, by a little. Are you there, Hamish? Two things. Sorry. 
Yeah, sorry. Oh, that, sorry, that, that, that was me, me, yeah. me cutting out of my end there, sorry. Oh, my bad. Um, but two things that haven't happened. Um, one is Aaron Rodgers hasn't won at Astra- uh, what is it, America Bank Stadium. And the second thing is that um, their QB, Kirk Cousins, hasn't won on Monday night from Oh, Nine my goes. God. <laughs> so, yeah, Kirk, Kirk has, had, give, has the worst record of Monday night football. Tomorrow. That's right. And then, yeah. So you got the, the two the two sort of, uh, what's it called, the unstoppable force and the immovable object sort of deal. Yeah. yeah, well, I saw some you know beat writer for the Vikings saying Aaron Rodgers has more broken collarbones than wins at, a, at America Bank Stadium. Like, yep, yeah, it's on. It's on. They shouldn't um, be talking shit. It's Kirk Cousins, he did nothing at Redskins. He's actually, this time last year, they're saying it's the worst deal in history, 84 million guaranteed. Now, like, I don't know. How can they talk shit be like that. No, because he's a better quarterback than Aaron now. Uh, yeah, the um, Twitter analytics crowd. Yeah, I've loved myself some Ben, uh, some, uh, if, what's his name? You, you give Aaron, um, Phelan and Diggs and Dalvin Cook and just see how they, how you know, it's just, it's ridiculous, man. I think he's the bust, uh, because I think he's stupid. Um, yeah, but we'll see tomorrow. So it could well be that we play each other three times, uh, yeah, no, sorry, twice in, in three weeks. So, um, but hopefully we can wrap up that. Uh, we'll give ourselves a shot at the two seed tomorrow and get a first week, week by. Um, other than that, uh, Boxing Day test coming up. Australia been doing pretty well in the cricket. Uh, T20, if you like the Mickey Mouse cricket comp, went out to that the other week at Sydney. At Sydney, yeah, Sydney Sixers. It's actually pretty fun to go to if you haven't. You should go experience once in your lifetime. And I don't know if there's too much more going on at the moment. Oh, just the fires, yeah. Yeah. Keep safe in the fires. Yeah, absolutely. And and thanks to all the volunteers and the full-time firefighters that have done a phenomenal job for the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I, I saw there was a notion today about the government potentially you know, paying uh, lost wages to all these people, and I was like, well, why is that even an issue? These guys are out there saving lives and properties, so hopefully they get their, um, their due back because they're doing something absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I was down at Mum's Place on the 21st where the fires were um, up at Currajong Heights and Mum's Place is about 15 k's from where the fire front was and we are getting burnt leaves that far Far um, from there. Yeah, it was just insane. Yeah, between um, your, your Mum's Place and then Mitch was also posting some pictures as well and, you know, yeah. of, it was that real heart and mouth moment where I know at least Mitch had his bags packed ready to go for the family, um, you know, it's just if it, in case the fire did blow the wrong way. So, and I know that um, PM as well uh, had uh, fires get pretty close to his place in Embuckerheads. Yeah, so fingers crossed um, everybody stay safe in that fire uh, season. And um, we'll see you guys back in the new year on the next Para podcast, which I assume we'll probably do in the lead up to the. Uh, I, I'm hoping we're going to have two trials. Um, so, whichever one the first trial is, because there's the 28th. And then there should be a game, and then we start off. I think it's the thirteenth. We play the Bulldogs. So whether we're going to play a trial before that Panthers trial or after, but you think the week after would be the weekend before the first round. So I'm assuming it'll have to be the weekend before the Panthers trial. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll see if we're going to play. Um, fingers crossed it's somebody because the last time we went in with just one trial, it didn't turn out very well. <laughs> He's not wrong. Oh, jeez. All right, fellas. Oh, shit, I wasn't recording the whole time. That's all right. I got you. I got you. Oh, thank God for that. Thank God for the <laughs> All right, well, that'll see us out. To, we'll to everyone you. in the pod and everyone listening, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.